0: Welcome back to another episode of Let's Celebrate, a Holiday Origins podcast. I'm your host, Rusty Brown, and today we're celebrating Mother's Day. This is the podcast where each episode I research a specific holiday and discuss the history behind it, how the people before us celebrated it, how it evolved into what we celebrate now, and then I look at how we can possibly incorporate traditional ways of celebrating back into the holiday to reconnect To why we're celebrating in the first place. Each episode includes a celebation, that is, a themed cocktail with a mocktail option to go with the holiday that you can make at home to celebrate along with me as you listen. I'm here in Japan right now visiting family. And I've been drinking a lot of lychee liqueur. And so for this episode, I am doing a lychee sparkler for the salibation. You're going to need two ounces of lychee liqueur and four ounces of sparkling water. And then you'll just add both ingredients together over ice and stir. For a mocktail version, You'll need to get a lychee simple syrup and four ounces of sparkling water, and you'll do the same thing. Put a, pour over ice and stir, and enjoy. I have a special guest here today. This is Vincent Vinny, Vinnie, Vincent and so you might hear him in this episode purring, <laughs> but he has insisted on being here in the room with me today. So last month's episode was about my birthday, or Beltane, knocked and May Day. And if you listened to that episode and decided to incorporate some new or old but new to you traditions into your celebrations, I'd love to hear about how you celebrate it. You can email me at let'scelebratepodcast at gmail.com with your celebratory stories. I have also created an Instagram page that you can now follow, and that is also at let's on Instagram. So as I mentioned before, I'm here in Japan, and I actually was traveling here on the days leading up to my birthday and made it to japan to visit my sister her husband and their new baby on april 29th and on my actual birthday april 30th we didn't get to do any beltane or mayday activities um, i ended up sleeping in to shake off some of the jet lag and we had a late lunch early dinner at a local yakinuku restaurant That's a really cool restaurant where you get to, they bring you the raw food and you have like a little um, grill thing in the middle of your table and you get to cook it at your table. And so it was kind of like having a bonfire, (laughs) I guess we'll call that my, my belting activity, Um, because then we ended up just coming home and going to bed early. The week of my birthday was actually Golden Week here in Japan, so there were actually a lot of celebrations happening on that week, and that week included Showa Day, Children's Day, Greenery Day, and Constitution Memorial Day. And the day after my birthday, my sister and I went to Shio Funekanen Temple in Ome. Sorry if I mispronounced that. And there we got to see tons, like a mountainside of azaleas in bloom, and visit a giant Buddha statue there on top of the hill, which was amazing to see. And on Wednesday we went to the Oma Ome Grand Festival. And that was a traditional festival where they had giant wheeled floats that they called dashi, and each of them represented a neighborhood of the city of ome and ome is a city in far western tokyo and there were people with masks and costumes um, along with other people who were playing drums and flutes and each of them were people who were from that specific neighborhood and they were taking turns. So you would, so some of them were just parked on the side of the street and you could just pass by them. But then there were some that were like being pulled by giant ropes down the street by like, I don't know, like 20, 30 people. It was like a huge ordeal. And the, it was like, the biggest festival i've ever seen which it was really cool and then we got to eat a bunch of street food and watch the performers they would um have the the people would pull these floats so that there would be um, floats parked on the side of the street and then they would pull the ones that were movable up to them and it was like a greeting where the Like, the neighborhoods were greeting each other, and they would play music and play their flutes, and the costumed people would do dances, and it was just really interesting to, to watch. That's enough of me rambling on about my birthday and what I did and all of that, and Japan. So, let's talk about what's coming up tomorrow, actually. Mother's Day. And I do have to apologize because I had meant to do this episode, you know, like a week ago, but things are just a little bit harder to, to do when you're traveling, you know? So anyways, on to Mother's Day. We're going to start with the history behind Mother's Day. When I'm talking about Mother's Day, we're going to focus on the American Mother's Day holiday. And it actually got started with three women and their names were Anne Reeves Jarvis, Julia Ward Howe, and Anne's daughter Anna Jarvis. So Anne Reeves Jarvis, was known as Mother Jarvis, and she was an Appalachian homemaker and lifelong activist. And to combat unsanitary living conditions in the mid-1800s, she organized Mother's Day work clubs in West Virginia. She was mostly concerned about the high infant mortality rate, and her mission was to educate and help women who needed it the most. So during the Civil War, she cared for soldiers on both sides of the war, And she also organized women's brigades. And during those, she encouraged women to help without regard for which side their men had chosen. So she was all about peace and helping the other side, really. After the war, in an effort to promote peace between former Union and Confederate families, she proposed a Mother's Friendship Day. And then we have Julia Ward Howe, and she was a famous poet, pacifist, and woman suffragist. Now, also during the Civil War, she volunteered to help provide hygienic environments and sanitary conditions in hospitals for the soldiers with the U.S. Sanitary Commission. In 1870, she made her Mother's Day proclamation where she asked mothers of all nationalities to come together to promote peace between warring sides. Because Howe knew that mothers of mankind understood more than anyone the loss of life and the real cost of war. And then around 1870, Julia Ward Howe and Anne Reeves Jarvis called for a Mother's Day for peace. And this was a day that they hoped would be dedicated to celebrating peace and eradication of war and on this day they urged women to ask that their husbands and sons no longer be killed by war. Anne Jarvis also wanted to honor mothers since they are the people who do more for their children than anyone else in the world. After Anne Reeves Jarvis died in 1905, her daughter Anna Jarvis wanted to honor her mother by creating Mother's Day to honor the sacrifices that mothers make for their children. And on May 12th, either 1907 or 1908, I'm not certain. Um, I saw those both the dates in different spots, but 1907, 1908, around that time, Anna Jarvis organized the first Mother's Day at her late mother's church called Andrew's Methodist Episcopal Church in Grafton, West Virginia. And this first Mother's Day was a worship service in celebration of Anna's mother. The Andrew's Methodist Episcopal Church in Grafton, West Virginia, is now the International Mother's Day Shrine. After her first Mother's Day was a success, Anna wanted to see her holiday added to the national calendar. She wrote to many newspapers and politicians, urging them to adopt a day to honor mothers. She gained financial backing from John Wanamaker, a Philadelphia department store owner who hosted a Mother's Day event at one of his retail stores where thousands of people attended. Anna also worked with the floral industry to promote Mother's Day, saying that wearing a single carnation was a way to celebrate or honor one's mother on Mother's Day. And actually, I read that in one, in one of my resources, but later I read that she didn't actually want people to wear carnations, so I'm not sure what the truth is about that. But anyways, by 1912, Anna established the Mother's Day International Association to help promote Mother's Day, and it had been adopted by many states, towns, and churches as an annual holiday. And in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson signed a measure declaring the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. After Mother's Day became a national holiday, it didn't take long for it to become capitalized, with florists and card and candy companies jumping on board. Even though Anna had initially worked with the floral industry to promote Mother's Day, she became disgusted at how commercialized the holiday had become, and by the 1920s she began to denounce the buying of flowers and cards and candies. She instead insisted that people should honor and appreciate their mother's with handwritten expressions of love instead of buying gifts and store-bought cards. She ended up starting an open campaign against anyone who profited from Mother's Day, launching many lawsuits spending her own personal wealth on legal fees against groups that used the Mother's Day name She even went so far as getting arrested for disturbing the peace while protesting the American war mothers raising money by selling carnations. By the time of her death in 1948, she had disowned the holiday and was actively lobbying the government to remove it from the American calendar because it had moved so far away from her original idea of what she thought a Mother's Day should be. So now let's take a look at how this time of year was celebrated in the past. Anna Jarvis specifically stated that mothers should be singular possessive to signify each family honoring their own mother, not to commemorate all mothers of the world. This is also how Woodrow Wilson spelled Mother's Day. So that's mother with apostrophe S, so a singular mother, and it's her day. Since the 60s, Mother's Day has been a day to bring light to feminist causes, and Martin Luther King Jr.'s wife, Coretta Scott King, used Mother's Day in 1968 to support underprivileged women and children by hosting a march. And then in the 70s, women's groups used Mother's Day to bring awareness to women's needs for equal rights and access to child care. There are also many ancient festivals honoring mothers and mother goddesses that have been celebrated throughout history. Even though they're not directly related to our modern Mother's Day celebrations, there's a festival for Cybele the great mother of the gods. And the Greeks held a celebration for their goddess, Rhea. The Romans also had a festival of Hilaria, and the Christians had the ecclesiastical mothering Sunday celebration that's associated with the image of the mother church. And in India, they continue to observe the ancient festival, Durga Puja, that honors the goddess Durga or Durga. Some countries still have older traditions mixed into their Mother's Day celebrations. So I've looked into how other countries have celebrated either in the past or how they continue to celebrate Mother's Day. So in Taiwan, their Mother's Day is celebrated on the second Sunday of May, like the American one, which also coincides with Buddha's birthday. So they have a traditional ceremony of washing the Buddha. And in 1999, the Taiwanese decided that both holidays would be celebrated on the same day. In Nepal, there's a festival called Mata Tirtha Onsi. Unsi? And that translates to Mother Pilgrimage New Moon or Mata Tirtha Puja, which translates to Mother Pilgrimage Worship. And this is a day to commemorate and honor mothers and to remember mothers who are no longer here. And they celebrate by giving gifts to their mothers. And for those who want to honor their mothers who have died, there's a tradition to make a pilgrimage to the Matatirtha ponds. And those ponds are located six kilometers southwest of downtown Kathmandu. So there are two ponds there. The larger one is for ritual bathing, and the smaller one is used to look upon mother's face. Now it's fenced by iron bars to prevent people from bathing in it. But the traditionally was originally observed only in that local area, but it's now a widely celebrated festival across the entire country. And mothers are honored on this day with special foods. In Ethiopia, they have a three-day celebration honoring motherhood in mid-fall after the rainy season, and it's called antrosht. That's spelled A-N-T-R-O-S-H-T. And they eat a large feast of traditional hash, and the ingredients are brought by all the children, with the girls bringing spices, vegetables, cheese, and butter, and the boys bring a lamb or bull. And the mother serves the hash to the family, and a celebration happens after the meal that consists of the men singing songs honoring their family and heroes, while the women anoint their faces and chests with butter. In Iran, Mother's Day is celebrated on 20 Jamad al-Thani, and that's the sixth month in the Islamic calendar. And it is the birthday of Fatima, the Islamic prophet Muhammad's only daughter. On this day, there are banners reading Ya Fatima or O Fatima, that are displayed on government buildings, private buildings, public streets, and car windows. And some people believe that the government used this Mother's Day on Fatima's birthday to control women's movements, because Fatima is seen by these critics as the chosen model of a woman completely dedicated to certain traditionally sanctioned feminine roles, and used to promote the traditional concept of family, but of course there are supporters of the choice who argue that there is much more to Fatima's life than just traditional roles. In Israel, the Jewish population used to celebrate Mother's Day on Shavat 30 of the Jewish calendar, which falls between um, January 30th and March 1st. My resources say say that it was celebrated on the day that Henrietta Sold died, but then I also have the date of February 13th, 1945, but maybe, maybe that date is like our date and this, the January 30th or March 1st is the Jewish calendar. I'm not certain about that. But anyways, Henrietta had no children of her own, but during her life, she founded an organization called Youth Alaya, and she rescued many Jewish children from Nazi Germany and provided for them. And she also did a lot for children's rights of the Jewish Jewish children. She's considered the mother of all these children, and that's why her annual Remembrance Day was considered Mother's Day. The holidays evolved over time, and it's now not an official holiday, but it's become more of a celebration of mutual love inside the family, and some consider it Family Day, and it's mainly celebrated in preschools these days with an activity where parents come to the schools. In Bolivia, Mother's Day is called El Dia de la Madre Boliviana, and it's celebrated on May 27th. And this day commemorates the Battle of La Coronilla, And this was a battle that took place during the Bolivian War of Independence on May 27th, 1812. During this battle, women fought for the country's independence and were slaughtered by the Spanish army. It's not a public holiday, but all schools hold activities and festivities throughout the day. Here in Japan, Mother's Day is called Haha Nohai. and it was established in 1931 during the Showa period, Um, and it is the birthday of Empress Kojun, the mother of Emperor Akihito, on March 6th. In 1949, the Japanese society adopted the second Sunday of May as the official day of Mother's Day. And giving red carnations or roses to mothers on Mother's Day is the most common tradition in Japan today. In Mexico, Dia de las Madres is an unofficial holiday celebrated on May 10th. It's traditional to start the celebration with the famous song Las Mañanitas, either a cappella or with the help of a mariachi or a contracted trio. It's traditional for families to gather and to spend as much time as possible with their mother to honor her. And the family will either bring dishes or they will go out to eat at a restaurant, but they'll eat together. In Thailand, Mother's Day is celebrated on August 12th, and that is the birthday of the current queen mother of Thailand, Sirikit. Not sure if I pronounced that correctly. This holiday was first celebrated around the 1980s as part of a campaign to promote Thailand's royal family. In Argentina, Mother's Day celebrated on the third Sunday of October, and it was originally celebrated on October 11th Because this date was the old liturgical date for the celebration of the maternity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. But the Second Vatican Council moved the Virgin Mary festivity to January 1st. The Mother's Day started to be celebrated the third Sunday of October because the popular tradition. And Argentina is now the only country that celebrates Mother's Day. On this day in October. In Australia, Mother's Day celebrated on the second Sunday in May. And they started celebrating Mother's Day for the first time in 1910. They celebrate with special church services. But it actually didn't become popular until about the 1920s. And then the tradition of giving gifts on Mother's Day in Australia started in about 1924. Also because of it being autumn in Australia during Mother's Day in May, carnations are a spring flower, so white chrysanthemums are the traditional Mother's Day flower in Australia. In Belgium, Mother's Day is called Morderdag. Or mur in Dutch and Fete des Mieres in French. I do not speak any of those languages, so pardon my French. And in Belgium, these this day is celebrated on the second Sunday of May, and in the week before the holiday, children will make little presents at their schools and they give those to their mothers in the early morning of Mother's Day. Typically, also the father will buy croissants or other sweet breads and pastries and bring them to the mother in bed. The beginning of a day of pampering for the mother. There are also people who celebrate Mother's Day in Belgium on August 15th instead. These people are mostly from around Antwerp. They consider that day the classical Mother's Day, and they see the observance in May as an invention for commercial reasons only. Mother's Day has become more popular in China, and carnations are the most popular gift and the most sold flower of the day. In 1997, Mother's Day was set as the day to help poor mothers and to remind people of the poor mothers in rural areas such as China's Western region. Despite originating in the United States, people in China accept the holiday without hesitation because they see that it's in line with their traditional ethics. Um, And those are to respect the elderly and parents. In Finland, Mother's Day is celebrated also on the second Sunday of May, and it is recognized nationally and is a public holiday, and they celebrate with the children bringing Mother's Day cards um, that they have drawn for their mothers and grandmothers, and usually some sort of food, coffee, cakes are served for everyone. And grown-up children will visit their parents' homes and bring roses or other traditional flowers with a Mother's Day card. The president of Finland honors with medal every year some mothers who have done something exceptional and positive during the year. In France, in 1896 and 1904, there was alarming low birth rate. So... They created a national celebration to honor the mothers of large families. So in 1906, 10 mothers who had nine children each were given an award recognizing their high maternal merit. In 1918, inspired by Jarvis, the town of Lyon, or Lyon, wanted to celebrate a mother of the day but more to celebrate mothers of large families. They made the day official in 1920 as a day for mothers of large families, and since then, the French government awards the Médaille de la Famille Francaise to mothers of large families. In 1941, by initiative of Philippe Petain, The wartime Vichy government used the celebration to support their policy to encourage large families. But now mothers are honored no matter how large the families are. The American World War I soldiers fighting in France brought over the U.S. Mother's Day that we know and popularized that in France and actually the union franco americane created a postal card just for the purpose of sending mother's day cards back to the states from france during that time in germany in the 1920s they also had a low birth rate actually the lowest birth rate in europe at the time They attributed this to women's participation in the labor market. So in 1923, they adopted Muttertag, or Mother's Day, from America. And the Mother's Day Committee in 1925 decided that they were going to start a promotion to increase the population in Germany to promote motherhood. Their holiday did not celebrate individual women, but an idealized standard of motherhood. Many people saw this as a way of trying to take away women's rights of working. Some local authorities used the day to actually support larger families or single mother families economically. the guidelines for those subsidies had eugenic criteria, but there's no actual evidence that the social workers ever really implemented them, and most of the subsidies were actually given to families in economic need rather than to the families that were considered more healthier. In 1933 to 1945, during the Nazi party's uh, reign, the uh, situation changed dramatically. And the promotion of Mother's Day increased in many European countries. The German Nazi government took the position that the role of mothers was to give healthy children to the German nation. You know, they wanted to create an Aryan race and all of that eugenic stuff. So Mother's Day was actually a time where they promoted the death of a mother's son in battle as the highest embodiment of patriotic motherhood. The Nazis declared Mother's Day an official holiday and put it under the control of the NSV, the National Socialist People's Welfare Association, and the NSF, the National Socialist Women Organization. And as I mentioned before, the local authorities didn't really go along with the guidelines of the Nazi government, and they continued to assist the families who were actually in economic need. In Indonesia, Mother's Day is celebrated on December 22nd. That is actually the anniversary of the opening day of the first Indonesian Women's Congress, which was held from December 22nd to December 25th, 1928, during President Suarto's new order. The government used Mother's Day as propaganda to to persuade women of the idea that they should be staying at home. In Myanmar, Mother's Day is celebrated on the full moon day of Payotho, and that's the tenth month of the Myanmar calendar, which usually falls in January of our years. Our, the american years. And they celebrate by sending postcards or calling their mother to express love and gratitude and those who live with their mothers give her personal services like baths or some kind of pampering and they'll usually take her to pagodas. In the Netherlands, Mother's Day became popular in the 1910 when it was introduced by the Dutch branch of the Salvation Army and it was really promoted mostly by the Royal Dutch Society for Horticulture and Botany which was a group that protected the interest of Dutch florists and they worked to promote the holiday because they hoped to gain commercial success like the American florist had with Mother's Day. So they imitated the campaign that was already underway in other countries. And in 1931, the second Sunday of May was adopted as the official celebration day. They have a slogan that was created in the mid-1930s, Mater Dog, Blomendag, which is Mother's Day, Flower's Day. And that phrase was very popular for many years. Mother's Day cakes were also given. In Spain, Mother's Day is called Dia de la Madre and it's celebrated on the first Sunday of May. And the weeks leading up to this Sunday, school children spend a few hours a day preparing a gift for their mothers, aided by school teachers. Mothers receive gifts from family members, and the day is meant to be celebrated with the entire family. It's also celebrated in May, and May is the month dedicated to the Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus, according to Catholicism, and the idea of the month can be, oh, and this idea of the month being dedicated to Mary can be traced back to the Baroque times. Also in Spain, then in the 60s, they were celebrating The first Sunday of May as Mother's Day, and the two dates in May and December coexisted as Mother's Day until 1965 when they chose to celebrate the festival only in May. Mother's Day in Sweden is celebrated on the last Sunday in May. A later date is chosen because it's a time when it's warmer to go outside and pick flowers. It was first celebrated in 1919 as an initiative by the author, Cecilia Both Holmberg, and it took several decades for the day to be widely recognized. Many people born in Sweden in the early 1900s didn't typically celebrate the day because they felt that the holiday was invented strictly for commercial purposes. In many other countries, they either had existing celebrations honoring motherhood, or they've adopted the U.S. celebrations, such as giving carnations or other presents to the mother, or a card, gifts, Or some kind of service, breakfast in bed, pampering, and then going out to lunch or dinner as a family. So, how do people celebrate today? Many people continue to purchase flowers, greeting cards, candies, and jewelry for their mothers, of course. And Mother's Day is one of the most commercially successful holidays in the U.S. and remains one of the biggest days for sales of these products, leaving Anna Jarvis perpetually rolling in her grave. Mother's Day is also the most popular holiday for long-distance telephone calls. Many people celebrate by going to church with their mother and Mother's Day is actually the third highest church attendance day after Christmas Eve and Easter. People continue celebrating the day with carnations, and some people choose to wear a colored carnation if their mother is living and a white one if she has passed away. Most children who live close enough to their mothers choose to have home-cooked lunch or dinner or take their moms to a nice dinner out on Mother's Day. So how can we incorporate traditional ways of celebrating into our Mother's Day celebrations? The best way to honor your mother on Mother's Day as well as honor Anna Jarvis's vision of Mother's Day is to write your mother a heartfelt letter or give her a handmade card or gift and spend the day expressing to your mother how much you appreciate her and the love and sacrifices that she has made for you and your family. Remember to commemorate the many ways your mother has fought for you to have a better life. And honor how she raised and nurtured you, with love and courage. Of course, you can go the commercial route and buy her a gift card, candy, or jewelry, or gift her an experience, or pamper her with a spa day or breakfast in bed. And maybe spend some time contemplating Anne Reeves Jarvis's and Julia Ward Howe's original concept of Mother's Day for peace, and think of ways you can connect with people who might think differently than you and contemplate on how heartbreaking it is for mothers to see their husbands and children going to war, fighting, and dying. We might not be able to find peace, but finding an equal ground to stand on to understand each other on a real human level might at least help us to get closer to some form of peace and understanding that can bridge the gap between warring sides. So that wraps it up for this episode. I'll be back in June to discuss Midsummer and the truth about this Scandinavian celebration that doesn't include ritualistic death or suicide. If you have enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please like and subscribe, maybe even leave a review, and let me know how do you celebrate Mother's Day. I would love to hear your celebratory stories. Feel free to send me an email to let'scelebratepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at let'scelebratepodcast. All of my references are in the show notes. If you're interested in reading more about Mother's Day traditions, thanks for listening and joining me on this adventure. Have fun celebrating, and I hope you've learned something new today.